The Letter of Pope St. Clement to the Corinthians Chapter 42 The Apostles have preached the Gospel to us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ was sent forth by God, and the Apostles by Christ. Both these appointments, then, were made in an orderly way, according to the will of God. Having therefore received their orders, and being fully assured by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and established in the word of God, with full assurance of the Holy Ghost, they went forth proclaiming that the kingdom of God was at hand. Thus preaching through countries and cities, they appointed the first fruits of their labors, having first proved them by the Spirit, to be bishops and deacons of those who should afterwards believe. Nor was this any new thing, since indeed many ages before it was written concerning bishops and deacons. For thus says the scripture in a certain place, I will appoint their bishops in righteousness, and their deacons in faith. Chapter 42 And what wonder is it if those in Christ who were entrusted with such a duty by God appointed those ministers before mentioned, when the blessed Moses also, a faithful servant in all his house, noted down in the sacred books all the injunctions which were given him. And when the other prophets also followed him, bearing witness with one, con with one consent to the ordinances which he had appointed. For when rivalry arose concerning the priesthood, and the tribes were contending among themselves as to which of them should be adorned with that glorious title, he commanded the twelve princes of the tribes to bring him their rods, each one being inscribed with the name of the tribe. And he took them and bound them together, and sealed them with the rings of the princes of the tribes, and laid them up in the tabernacle of witness on the table of God. Having shut the doors of the tabernacle, he sealed the keys as he had done the rods, and said to them, Men and brethren, the tribe whose rod shall blossom has God chosen to fulfill the office of the priesthood and to minister to him. And when the morning was come, he assembled all Israel, six hundred thousand men, and showed the seals to the princes of the tribes, and opened the tabernacle of witness, and brought forth the rods. And the rod of Aaron was found not only to have blossomed, but to bear fruit upon it. What think you, beloved? Did not Moses know beforehand that this would happen? Undoubtedly he knew. But he acted thus, that there might be no sedition in Israel, and that the name of the true and only God might be glorified, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter 44 Our apostles also knew, through our Lord Jesus Christ, that there would be strife on account of the office of the episcopate. For this reason, therefore, inasmuch as they had obtained a perfect foreknowledge of this, they appointed those ministers already mentioned, and afterwards gave instructions that when these should fall asleep, other approved men should succeed them in their ministry. We are of opinion, therefore, that those appointed by them, or afterwards by other eminent men, with the consent of the whole church, and who have blamelessly served the flock of Christ in a humble, peaceable, and disinterested spirit, and have for a long time possessed the good opinion of all, cannot be justly dismissed from the ministry. For our sin will not be small if we eject from the episcopate those who have blamelessly and holily fulfilled its duties. Blessed are those presbyters who, having finished their course before now, 
have obtained a fruitful and perfect departure from this world. For they have no fear, lest anyone deprive them of the place now appointed them. But we see that you have removed some men of excellent behavior from the ministry, which they ful fulfilled blamelessly and with honor. Chapter 45 Ye are fond of contention, brethren, and full of zeal about things which do not pertain to salvation. Look carefully into the scriptures, which are the true utterances of the Holy Spirit. Observe that nothing of an unjust or counterfeit character is written in them. There you will not find that the righteous were cast off by men who themselves were holy. The righteous were indeed persecuted, but only by the wicked. They were cast into prison, but only by the unholy. They were stoned, but only by transgressors. They were slain, but only by the accursed, and such as had conceived an unrighteous envy against them. Exposed to such sufferings, they endured them gloriously. For what shall we say, brethren? Was Daniel cast into the den of lions by such as feared God? Were Ananias, Azariah, and Mishael shut up in a furnace of fire by those who observed the great and glorious worship of the Most High? Far from us be such a thought. Who then were they that did such things? The hateful and those full of all wickedness were roused to such a pitch of fury that they inflicted torture on those who served God with a holy and blameless purpose of heart, not knowing that the Most High is the defender and protector of all such as with a pure conscience venerate His all-excellent name, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. But they who with confidence endured these things are now heirs of glory and honor, and have been exalted and made illustrious by God in their memorial forever and ever. Amen. Chapter 46 Such examples, therefore, brethren, it is right that we should follow. Since it is written, Cleave to the holy, for those who cleave to them shall themselves be made holy. And again in another place the scripture says, With a harmless man you shall prove thyself harmless, and with an elect man you shall be elect, and with a perverse man you shall show thyself perverse. Let us cleave therefore to the innocent and righteous, since these are the elect of God. Why are there strifes, tumults, divisions, schisms and wars among you? Have we not all one God and one Christ? Is there not one Spirit of grace poured out upon us? And have we not one calling in Christ? Why do we divide and tear to pieces the members of Christ, and raise up strife against our own body, and have reached such a height of madness as to forget that we are members one of another? Remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, how he said, Woe to that man by whom offenses come. It were better for him that he had never been born than that he should cast a stumbling block before one of my elect. Yea, it were better for him that a millstone should be hung about his neck and he should be sunk in the depths of the sea than that he should cast a stumbling block before one of my little ones. Your schism has subverted the faith of many, has discouraged many, has given rise to doubt in many, and has caused grief to us all. And still 
Your sedition continues. Chapter 47 Take up the epistle of the blessed Apostle Paul. What did he write to you at the time when the gospel first began to be preached? Truly, under the inspiration of the Spirit, he wrote to you concerning himself, Cephas, and Apollos, because even then parties had been formed among you. But that inclination for one above another entailed less guilt upon you, inasmuch as your partialities were then shown towards apostles already of high reputation and towards a man whom they had approved. But now reflect who those are that have perverted you and lessened the renown of your far-famed brotherly love. It is disgraceful, beloved, yea, highly disgraceful, and unworthy of your Christian profession that such a thing should be heard of as that the most steadfast and ancient church of the Corinthians should, on account of one or two persons, engage in sedition against its presbyters. And this rumor has reached not only us, but those also who are unconnected with us, so that through your infatuation the name of the Lord is blasphemed, while danger is also brought upon yourselves. Chapter 48 Let us therefore, with all haste, put an end to this state of things, and let us fall down before the Lord and beseech Him with tears, that He would mercifully be reconciled to us, and restore us to our former seemly and holy practice of brotherly love. For such conduct is the gate of righteousness, which is set open for the attainment of life, as it is written, Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go in by them, and will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter in by it. Although, therefore, many gates have been set open, Yet this gate of righteousness is that gate in Christ by which blessed are all that have, en that have entered in and have directed their way in holiness and righteousness, doing all things without disorder. Let a man be faithful. Let him be powerful in the utterance of knowledge. Let him be wise in judging of words. Let him be pure in all his deeds. Yet the more he seems to be superior to others in these respects, the more humble-minded ought he to be, and to seek the common good of all, and not merely his own advantage. Chapter 49 Let him who has love in Christ keep the commandments of Christ. Who can describe the blessed bond of the love of God? What man is able to tell the excellence of its beauty, as it ought to be told. The height to which love exalts is unspeakable. Love unites us to God. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love bears all things, is long-suffering in all things. There is nothing base, nothing arrogant in love. Love admits of no schisms. Love gives rise to no seditions. Love does all things in harmony. By love have all the elect of God been made perfect. Without love, nothing is well-pleasing to God. In love has the Lord taken us to himself. On account of the love he bore us, Jesus Christ our Lord gave his blood for us by the will of God. His flesh for our flesh, 
and his soul for our souls. This has been taken from the letter of Pope St. Clement to the Corinthians, written around A.D. 96 by Pope St. Clement I. This work is available on the web at the New Advent website, www.newadvent.org. This work is in the public domain.